0: So I looked up how long it's been since we've had an episode of Not Your Mother's Podcast. And as of the time that I'm filming this, it's been about five months. I think that's the longest hiatus we've had. We're still here. We are still wanting to give you good quality content. We are just not finding the time (laughs) that we thought we'd have. I remember when I started this podcast, I thought I was going to do an episode a week. That's what I thought. And now we do like one every couple months when we have a good run so I know I laugh about it maybe bring you some pain I apologize for that but uh, here we are we're back and we're gonna get right back into story time with Stu Uh, these have been kind of for me at least lighthearted. and while if I'm being honest with you from the marketing standpoint we don't get a ton of views as far as um, hundreds not hundreds but you know uh, we don't get a ton of views on these but what I've noticed is, with these little mini-episodes, um, the views that I do get are people that really, really enjoy the content. So I'm really happy to be putting these out for you guys. And I enjoy, strangely, <laughs> not so much reading back through these books, but just feeling the full-circle-ness, if you will, of understanding like, Wow, this is some really, really fucked-up stuff. And... Um, yeah, so let's get into it. The story time with Stu. We're going to get right back to uh, Dating with a Purpose, Jack Scop's book, and Jack Scop is currently serving. This book is written for uh, basically for youth pastors to use for teenagers to tell them how to date or more specifically how not to date. Uh, that's really the independent fundamental Baptist way is how not to do things. A lot of things you aren't allowed to do. I don't know if that Rings a bell. Any hands out there? (laughs) But I definitely remember having friends and family members tell me, it seems like there's a lot of stuff you're not allowed to do. Like, what are you allowed to do? Oh, go to church and read my Bible. (laughs) So, anyways, without further ado, though, I do want to talk whiskey for just a moment because uh, the one and only Lauren Kuyper was kind enough to gift us, the podcast, uh, not only a very nice bottle of Jack Daniels, I just want to see here single barrel select. Uh, while I was out in uh, the Lynchburg area, we also got it engraved. Uh, she, she took care of that for us, so I want to show that to you. I'm really excited about it. Um, it's uh, I don't know if you any of you listen to country music. I know that's really wicked and devilish, but um, this is a, from Eric Church uh, commemorative to one of his CDs. Chief, I'll hold this up if you're watching the. Oh, man, that's not going to come through. But yeah, I didn't see it. If you're watching, great. If not, I'm sorry. I'll try to make this quick. So pretty cool, and it's it's really smooth whiskey, but also on the side. Oh, that is hard to see without. here we go. <laughs> you still can't see it. Anyways, it says Stuart Hardy, Not Your Mother's Podcast. Um, and, yes, the apostrophe is left out because that was all the room that was left to engrave. Let me try to put that up there one more time uh hopefully you can see it it's really cool i'm stoked on it anyways let's and i did i'm sorry i did uh, cheat a little bit i already drank a great deal of it i don't know if i call myself a whiskey connoisseur but if you consider yourself such and you're near uh, lynchburg tennessee i highly recommend taking their flight of jack tour uh, if it's open i know covid kind of opens and closes things on its own whim, but um, the Flight of Jack tour is super fun and uh, you get a free, this this class I got with the tour, and um, you get some sort of discount in the gift shop or whatever, but really cool stuff. Again, very briefly, this is written by Jack Scott, the, one of the main leaders of the Independent Fundamental Baptist Movement and the leader that, uh, as far as like high, high level, high profile is concerned, uh, would be someone that I, I grew up watching and listening to and um, hanging on his every word. And for all my time at Hiles Anderson College and working for First Baptist Church of Hammond, I wasn't on staff, but working in the ministry, in the bus ministry, he was the pastor of the church and the chancellor of the college. So uh, we're going to get into chapter 5. I'm not going to waste any more time. As we all know, my intros suck and they take forever, but I'm not going to stop doing them. So <laughs> chapter 5 is... Your dream list, okay. Robert was frustrated. Oh, I love his stories. Sorry, I know I'm already, I'm not, am already deviating from the book, but his stories are always so uh, made up, and so I love that. He had been looking for a girl of his dreams for several years without success. He finally sought counsel. When I asked Robert what he was looking for in a girl, he pulled out a well-worn eight and a half by eleven piece of paper. What was he carrying? What? Eight and a half by eleven is the 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 big size. Like, like make it realistic. You know, a wallet size, but not eight and a half by eleven. Maybe we'll find out why in this room Magazine. But still, I don't know who carries that around or ever would or ever did. That doesn't make. What did he pull it out of? Like, this isn't something you carry around. Okay, sorry. <laughs> He referred to this as his dream list. Oh, okay, okay. I thought it was a picture. There were over 25 items on this list of necessary qualifications for a wife, including such items as play the piano, sing solos, make your own clothes, not more than 120 pounds, confident, meek, and quiet. Now, Jack, again, a big thing for me that, that as I read through these books, I'm noticing with the IFB, I mean, another swig here. is that when someone is victimized by the IFB, What I'm not talking about, you know, stuff that goes before a court or something like that, but, you know, this guy's been victimized. He has been taught, he's been taught, this Robert guy that Jack, I don't know if you made him up or not, he's been taught that this is what you're supposed to look for in a wife. And so now that he's frustrated and Jack is helping him, he's not doing anything he wasn't taught to do by his church leadership. Okay. I looked at Robert and then back at his list. Robert, I said, you have left an important item off this list. What's that? He asked. You forgot to put down here that your dream girl better not have a dream list of her own. If she does, you're in trouble. You're a piece of shit, Robert. <laughs> okay. Then we got some scripture. In Matthew one nineteen. we read, Then Joseph, being a just man, was minded to put her away privily. Joseph obviously expected his mate to have some standards, and when those standards were violated, Joseph faced some very tough choices. On the other hand, Samson said to his parents, "I have seen a woman. Yeah, this is the way. Do it. I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife, for she pleaseth me well." Samson was on some roids. He went right to it. Judges 14:2b uh, and 3b. <clears throat> the only item on Samson's dream list was selfish pleasure. I didn't hear a dream list. Or hang on. No, there was no dream list. Oh, please, with me, well, Okay. What's wrong with that? Too often, dating couples are guilty of one of two extremes in selecting a mate. Either they have established no standards for a mate and marry someone who has poor moral or spiritual values, or they have an an enormous list of ridiculous requirements that the IFP taught them to have, let's be honest. An enormous list of ridiculous requirements, such as Robert's, that would have disqualified Adam from marrying Eve. (laughs) Okay. Oh, Adam and Eve are so problematic, but whatever. Um, Abraham from courting Sarah or Joseph from taking Mary to be his wife. Some of the wife requirement sheets I have seen from the preacher boys in our college (laughs) look more like... I didn't have one, by the way. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Maybe I took it to heart. Maybe I listened to what Jack had to say. I don't know. Uh, Look like job application forms for an assistant pastor or a church secretary. Someone said that the only requirements for a wife is her kissing ability. Most And, okay, but let's be real. You're not allowed to even hold hands. So kissing ability or, or, or ability sexually is going to be very high on that list because purity culture makes it that way. Uh, most men reading this will appreciate that. Just be sure you single men wait until your wedding day to test that ability. <laughs> because of before marriage <laughs> i have also seen lists lists that included piano playing typing and shorthand skills as well as the athletic talent in several sports most of these items are cream <laughs> it's got to be a better way to word that They might be nice, as an added bonus, but they are not totally necessary when compared to the qualities of virtue and character that are vital for a marriage to endure and prosper. Let me offer a helpful and practical dream list. Practical? Sorry about that. I don't know what that was. As a general rule, the person you date should not be more than 25% older. Oh, wow. This is very, again, I love it when he gets super specific because where does this shit come from? Like, where, where? Again, he's probably going to tell me or or show, you know, something in Proverbs that speaks to this. But it doesn't look like it. It looks like it's just, he's got a 25% rule. For instance... A fifteen year old should not date someone older than eighteen. That's actually a legality. That's not like oh I came up with this on my own. No bro like. <laughs> also, yeah. He was with a young he's he's in prison because he's with an underage woman, so oopsie. An eighteen year old should not date someone older than twenty-two, and so forth. The younger you are, the less age difference there should be. Ouch! I don't know what the disparity is between him as a, I don't know, late 40s, early 50s adult and the teenager that he was with, but it's more than that 25% rule. The younger you are, the less age difference there should be. I don't know if the whiskey's confusing me or this guy is, but I'm confused. Again, I realize there are happily married couples who have a greater age difference between them, but that is not the wise choice. Yeah, there are. My (laughs) My parents, I think could begin this wrong. Sorry, Max and Katie, if I am, I believe they're 10 years apart. I mean, they outlasted Jack and Cindy, so, okay, I digress. The person you date must meet your parents' approval. This is going to be interesting. Before you ask out that pretty gal, or before you say yes to his invitation, seek your parents' advice. Uh, I'm with that. If you do not have parents who care to involve themselves with your life, seek your pastor's advice. Unless he's having sex with you, then it's different. All right. If you wait to seek your parents' or pastor's approval until after you have dated that person a while, you may very well feel too emotionally involved to stop the relationship if your parents or pastor do not approve. It may be difficult to check with your parents if you are away from home. Oh, here we go. Or at college. at Hiles Anderson College. Here are some ideas you can follow arrange to have your parents visit the campus and meet the person that is just the dumbest shit ever so many of us lived so far away um i didn't take a lot of i didn't take a lot of flights actually i didn't fly at all in college i think my first flight was uh yeah to california to sing in a wedding um but yeah i I didn't fly at all like we drove but like that was a i don't know Six to eight hour drive. I can't remember. It was St. Louis to Chicagoland area. So, like arranging, it's just funny from my perspective as a student at the college where this guy was teaching at the time when he wrote this book, and this book was propagated all over the camp campus. Like, the idea of like oh bring you just just have your parents come by. Like most of us are some people's parents were in a different country. Like that's just a silly thing. Uh, if you are, it's a silly thing to say. If you are a lady. Suggest to the young man that he write or call your parents before you date. Seek the advice of a godly college leader. Here we go. Dating counselors. Ask them to give you a reference on the person whom you want to date. Wow. Look, again, I, I'm a dad. of a daughter. I get it. I, I don't want that kid to date ever. Okay? But the, the reality is she's going to. It's going to happen. But this whole um, getting a reference, and I, I want her to end up with the right person, but like this whole getting a reference thing, I don't know. Let me know what you think, but this just comes off creepy to me. It doesn't... He's saying, like, oh, it seems like a job application, but now you're asking people for references. So to me, those are kind of one and the same, and you're saying one's wrong, but now you're saying this other one is right. It's, It's a double standard at best. Ask the pastor of the church where you are attending to investigate the person and give you his counsel. We don't have records. There's nothing to investigate. If you're really trying to be... Effective you should ask the pastor of the church where they are attending not where you are attending that pastor's not gonna know shit Unless they have an actual criminal record in which case. Yeah, don't do it <laughs> but that's just nuts to me like there's no I, for, for instance, I, tr- I tried to years ago tried to get into the Riverside County Sheriff's Department I don't know if it's something this isn't really that relevant to the podcast, but it will be give me a second and I passed the physical qualifications and what have you, and then I went in for the background check, not went in, but had to fill out the paperwork, I sent it back in, and then I got a letter within a week saying that I was disqualified. I believe (laughs) that I was disqualified because I didn't have a record, because they figured either either they did their due diligence, and they're like, okay, we talked to the neighbors or we talked to whoever, and... He doesn't seem to have a record, so that can't be right. Or they just looked at it and were immediately like, no, he has to have done some of these things that he hasn't done. That's impossible. We don't have records. 95% of the kids at that college, I promise you, might have had a speeding ticket or two, and that's it. There's nothing to investigate. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, Susan, here we go. Susan came to my office at my request. Well, her pastor back home had called my office quite concerned about the young man she was dating. Susan and Dan were both freshmen and had met just three months earlier. They were planning to be married in six months. That's quick, but do your thing. I asked Susan what she knew of Dan. For several minutes, she extolled his virtues and strengths, and I said, Susan, who told you about all these wonderful traits of Dan? Well, she said, he told me. Have you investigated his character or background before? Making your decision to marry him? I asked. I don't need to. She snapped back at me. We're in love, and that's all that matters. Yeah. And Jack was probably trying to groom her. That's what he did. I have multiple accounts of women saying, married and unmarried women saying, that he would bring them in and get overtly sexual with his questions in regards to their relationships. Um, it's a grooming method. It's not, this isn't a, like, a secret or like a weird, like, thing that's never been heard of. It's absolutely grooming. What disturbed me was her refusal to face some tough facts. Dan had been expelled from college that semester. For who fucking knows what? You could get expelled for... a a, a, Back when this was written, you could probably get expelled for a Cathedral's live cassette tape. So, so who knows? I'm not saying he wasn't expelled for something that was horrendous. Maybe he was. But the truth is... uh, Probably he wasn't. Okay. Um, But he had told Susan... He dropped out because of financial reasons, which could also be possible. I was so close to that so many times. Well, Dan was partly right. He was lazy and couldn't hold a job. He wanted to move away from the college and take Susan with him. Great idea. (laughs) That sounds like a terrific idea, Dan. Get out. He had painted a very romantic picture of the two of them finding a good job while going to another school part-time, all the while living on love. Dan, this is the dream. Getting out of House Anderson, going to a different school... This is, this is fucked if Jack breaks these people up. Again, I'm I'm all involved in this story that's probably made up. I asked Susan if she had sought her parents' approval of Dan. She had not. In fact, her parents had never met Dan, nor even spoken to him on the phone. I asked... I don't know how he knows this. I asked her if she had sought her pastor's advice. She said she had, and that her pastor was very much for the relationship. Well, now I smelled a skunk. I thought I said skank when I read it, but it's skunk. It was tragic enough that her parents had so little input, but I knew personally what her pastor's feelings were. He was definitely not very much for the relationship. When I confronted Susan with this fact, she confessed that she was afraid that either her parents or pastor would forbid her to date Dan. I assured her that Dan was not a bad boy. Well, then why did you tell me all this stuff about him getting expelled and wanting to live on love and go to another college, Jack, if he's not a bad boy? But he needed a couple of years of discipline and training to mature into a capable husband to provide for her and her family. Oh, Jack. She agreed and wisely asked me to investigate more fully Dan's character and background. Never, never, never date anyone without the approval of your parents, your pastor, or a godly Christian whom your parents and pastor trust. Control freak much? Okay, number three. I don't know what number. Hang on. Let's review because I don't remember number one. I didn't know. That, forgot we wrote a numbering system here. Hang on. Number one was, as a general rule, the person you date should not be more than 25% older or younger than you. Um, and then I guess in asterisk somewhere it should say, but if you're the pastor, it doesn't matter. The person you date must meet your parents' approval. Okay, so number three. The person whom you date should promote the relationship you have with your parents. I just, I agree with that 100%. Anyone who tries to drive a wedge between you and your family, have been there, or complains about the time you spend with your family is a childish, insecure, selfish, demanding person. Yikes, okay, go easy. Um, There are people who go a little too hard, like, (laughs) you can't overdo it with your family. It's not impossible, but Jack doesn't seem to think that's the case. Uh, who's not mature enough yet to date you. Number four, I recommend that you date someone you could enjoy seeing every day for the rest of your life. Sorry, (laughs) hang on, I need another drink. (laughs) You married people or engaged or people in a long-term relationship, you know exactly why I'm laughing my ass off right now. That is the funniest shit. Some people have, uh, what do you call it, Uh, hall passes or Celebrity crushes, stuff like that. But, but, I don't know if there's anyone in the world that you're always going to want to see every single day for the rest of your life. That includes your own face. That includes your children, your own offspring that you love with all your being. This just, I'm sure there's more he has to say and maybe he'll clarify and, and, and I'll feel better about what he's trying to say here. But this point is ludicrous to me. Because there isn't any... Like, that's not a... Talk about a crazy laundry list that comes off, like, a job application. That is utterly ridiculous. Like, no, there's not a... Like, and I'm not trying to promote... Um, you know, I'm, I'm big on divorce, but I'm not trying to push that. I'm just saying, like, the idea that there's someone out there... And look, don't get me wrong. If, if the person you've been with, you've been with for 25, 35, 50 years, and you're so happy, you're like, Stuart, how dare you, like... I love them and I'm so happy to see that. I am thrilled for you. Don't get me wrong. I just have trouble, not because I'm divorced, not because, you know, I clearly haven't had the best of luck, but I just don't understand how you could, someone could say, like, look, the person you marry has to be someone that you always see, want to see them every day, all the time. Like, that just for me sounds terrifically unrealistic. But let, let me see if he's going to clarify here. There should be a chemistry in a relationship that is heading towards marriage. Right, that makes sense. I'm not simply talking about a handsome face or pretty teeth or a fair complexion or a lovely figure, but Jack, you just said this is something that you want to see, someone that you want to see every day for the rest of your life, so which is it? I will say, however, that beauty is usually in the eyes of the beholder. Oh, very original. I have known scores of couples who were neither physically attractive nor dynamic of personality, yet they had chemistry between them that made them beautiful in one another's eyes. That's kind of a dick thing to say. Young men, keep in mind that... Oh, here we go. Jack, the expert on on physical attraction. Young men, keep in mind that 90% of the physical beauty that captivates your eyes is probably due to her being able to afford... Oh, no, this is not going to be good. I don't even want to read this. This is not going to be good. (laughs) Oh, man. Probably due to her being able to afford more expensive makeup, hairstyling, or clothing. Put the same expensive dress and shoes on the so-called plain Janes, who have good character and a sweet spirit, and your eyes might be dazzled with their beauty. The same goes for you young ladies, too. A man who knows how to work hard, stay faithful to his marriage vows, yikes, <laughs> didn't go that way for you, but and be a hero to your children is much better than chiseled features rippling biceps and designer jeans. What is wrong with those things? I mean, I don't have them. Well, I have some designer jeans, but <laughs> the rest of it, not so Clearly not chisel. That's not a thing at this point. <laughs> but th- those are great qualities. What's wrong with them? All right. Tim had been dating a young... Oh, my God. Okay. These stories are endless. Tim had been dating a young lady for several years and was being pressured by others to move the relationship along toward marriage. Well, yeah, he's been dating for years and they're not married. Like... If he's been dating for years with the... If he's Roy, right? (laughs) If he wants office, you got it. If not, I'm sorry. If he's been dating for years with the expectation of marriage and they're not engaged or they're not going to get married soon, he's liable to lose her. Then marriage isn't for everyone, even for people that are in relationships. Two of my uh, dearest friends who have children together and I would trust them implicitly with anything, everything, um, they aren't married. In fact, I don't think they're even... um, I don't think even Facebook shows them in a relationship. <laughs> but, again, what I'm trying to say is I respect it if that's not your thing. Uh, however, if he's dating this woman with the intention of getting married and he's been dating her for years and there's no progress, then you got to do something, man, or she's going to bounce. All right. He wasn't sure he should do that, so he sought my counsel. Is she someone you would enjoy going home to after a long day at work, I asked, because it's 1952 and you're Don Draper. Immediately, Tim response, responded, No way. She's simply a pleasant girl with a nice personality, but I would not be anxious to see her every day of my life. What did I just say? <laughs> I don't think that's it. I'm like, not gonna if, if, if your spouse is someone you're always happy to see, and you've always been happy to see them, and that's how your life has always gone, great. I am fucking thrilled for you. However, that's not everyone. It's just not. So, of course, he doesn't want to, he's not going to want to see her every day. And guess what? He's not going to see her every day. There's going to be times where they're apart. Like, the, she takes the kids, and they want to go to grandma and grandpa's, and he's got to be at work. Or vice whatever. Like, you're not going to see them every day. You're going to see them most days, but you're not going to see them every day. So, for this to be part of the fulcrum, which is a word that Jack likes a lot, to base your relationship on, I just don't get it. I, I don't understand the obsession with that. Okay, (laughs) sorry. Uh, I advised him to break off the relationship before this young lady had her nice personality injured. That's a weird way to word that. You will want to date someone who catches your eye. And these air quotes, by the way, are ones that he's putting in there. I'm not um, doing that and continues to capture it through the years. No doubt, there will be many days when your spouse does not excite you. Okay, there you go. And you and your relationship may be stressed, but over the long haul, you better have that intimate bond that draws you to each other. I feel like that whole point he just negated. You should be happy to see them every day. But there will be days you don't want to see them. It can't be both, but if you're IFB, it can be. So Let me have another drink. Jack's driving me nuts. I'm not trying to finish this bottle, but... It might happen. We'll see. All right, number five, date someone who takes pride in their name and has an honorable reputation. Okay, Proverbs 22:1 says, "A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches." Yeah, yeah, we all know that. My parents are honorable people. My pastor is an honorable man. My Sunday school teachers are honorable people. My church is an honorable church. My friends are honorable friends. All right. my God is an honorable God and my Savior is an honorable Savior I must not bring dishonor or shame to those, oh this is all guilt based shit I must not bring dishonor or shame to those who love me and have invested in me I would want the person I date to feel the same toward their family, friends, pastor church, God and Savior what people think about me is important, again this is the IFP, it's all based on how people view you it's not based on who you are it's based on how people look at you, what they think of you. I would not want to date someone who had a flippant, what do I care what others say about me kind of attitude. And by the way, that's the only kind of person I want to date. <laughs> that's it. Like, that's perfect. Like, that's an independent person who maybe they're not mad at the world, or they are, but they're just they're their own person. They're not being... Um, they're not being told by another religion or a family member, someone, or what to do, how to behave. They can be their own person. That's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> All right. Number six, date someone who has kept themselves pure of mind and body. Purity, culture, here we go. When I was a boy, my Sunday school teacher brought a dozen white... Oh, these, these, these examples are always such a mind fuck. Here we go. When I was a boy, my Sunday school teacher brought a dozen white roses to our class. By the way, this stuff is also incredibly fucking derivative. Like, you can make a sermon illustration, I know, because I did it, out of anything. You can be in the drive-thru and make a, make a sermon illustration. Most of these guys' personal illustrations, that's what these are called, are fabricated to some degree. Jack Hiles, meeting Elvis in an elevator, stuff like that. Larry Brown, I'm sure, has some great ones. This is, that's the guy that smashes TVs. It's amazing. All right, anyway, I'm not saying I remember any of them. I'm sure he's got eleven of the roses were bright bright and fresh one was wilted and brown oh no the wilted brown rose here we go my teacher asked each of us to pick out a rose for ourselves one by one we chose our rose after all of us had selected a rose only one rose remained to be sure it was the brown wilted one which is the girl that had sex before marriage okay that's that's where we're going my teacher then asks us why none of us chose the brown wilted rose it seemed quite obvious to all of us. Who wants a dirty used rose? This is so fucked up. He went on to explain how we will one day select a mate for our lives. We must keep ourselves pure for that one that God has for us. And we should choose someone who has kept themselves pure for us. No one that's I get really frustrated Chewbacca comes out, sorry. No one wants used or wilted merchandise. Likewise, no one wants an impure mate for their life. That's what I want. I'm impure now. If you have made some mistakes in this area, confess your sin to God. Ask Him to cleanse you and make you white and pure. Okay, all right. so you just... You fucking ruined your illustration, man. You, you, I'm not saying that... I don't know. I'm not a horticulturalist, okay? If that's the right way to say it. But you got a snipped rose, and you're saying... Your, your example is this rose that's snipped that is not going to be growing anymore, right? Like, you can put it in water and put some aspirin or however, whatever, I haven't had flowers around me in years. But actually, it's been a couple years and they all died so quickly. Not like, oh, it lasted two weeks. No, like, the next day. So, so you negated your whole little personal illustration because you said, you know, no one wants the brown wilted rose, right? But if you're the brown-wilted rose and you ask God to forgive you, then you're not the brown-wilted rose anymore. Like, again, it just doesn't add up. There's 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 easy ways to draw parallels and make these personal illustrations make sense, but when you step out into miraculously making a rose not brown and wilted after it's clearly dead and you're going to throw it in the trash, you lost me, bro. All right. <laughs> uh Oh, was, I was supposed to read scripture here. If you've made some mistakes, uh, okay, then you. he reads Isaiah 118, invites us, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. During one recent winter day, we received eight inches of pure white snow, and I bet you, you guys still had class that day. Sorry, a little side rant, just a second. I'm restricted from House Anderson's page on Facebook, but I do see their posts. And they have been canceling school for like. Well, not have been, it's the summer now. But earlier this year, 2020, 2021, I've seen them cancel school for like five or six inches. Like, guys, you gotta be kidding me. Must be nice. <laughs> if you were in school when I was in school or before me, you know we weren't canceling for shit. <laughs> it's true. Anyways, that's all I have to say. We got eight inches of snow, and I bet you still had school. Okay. <laughs> it sparkled like diamonds in the sunshine. If your past contains impure thoughts, that, that's one of the... Okay, impure thoughts and actions, come to Jesus and tell him your sins, asking him to make you white as snow. He will, and then live pure and clean from this moment forward. Again, this is all so derivative, all so much bullshit, they put such great value on being pure, not not having sex before marriage, and, and in fact not even touching the opposite gender except for accidental contact before marriage, they put such emphasis on that, but then if you do it, it's still somehow okay. That was the big mindfuck for me as a teenager and a young adult. Like, how is it okay but not okay? Like, there's just too much back and forth. Okay. Um, okay, so he has a little... Where does this come from? He has a little notation at the bottom. If you have a bad past, you certainly have the right to redeem yourself and regain your reputation. However, it is also wise to understand that parents who have safeguarded their children are going to be skeptical about your change until you have a few years of good record to support your change. You have the right and opportunity to change. Others have the right to be cautious and slow to give their permission to date their pure daughter or son. Date someone who has the character and self-discipline you admire and desire for yourself. Yeah, date up. Like, that's no shit. <laughs> Not calling myself a piece of shit, but, like, I definitely want to date someone who's better than me. That's kind of the lucky, right? Like, you you manage to get someone that's better than you, whether, you know, you think they're better looking or they're better behaved. Like, yeah, that you want to level up. That's what it's called, Jack. Well, it wasn't called level up then. Is that person punctual? Seriously? We're talking about being on fucking time? Alright. He's <laughs> just getting way into the weeds, which is what I love about this book. Is that person punctual? Does he turn in his assignments on time? Are his shoes shined? Is her dress neatly pressed? Is his hair cut properly and combed? Mine is not. Is... Uh, so I wouldn't be up to these uh, standards. Is she respectful to her elders and peers? How does he treat children? Yikes. Okay, Jack. Is... Is his language decent and honorable? Mine is not, according to his standards. Does she ever volunteer to do extra work or service for someone else? Is she polite? Does he speak highly of his mother? What if his mom was an asshole? <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's too many caveats here. Does she speak highly of her father? What if her dad was a piece of shit? Does he, uh, does he speak highly of his pastor? Probably not. Does he respect his sister? Does she... Does she respect her brother? Is his locker clean? What locker? Where are we? What is this? Oh, this is high school. But they're not supposed to date in high school. I don't know. Does she perform her chores at home? Does she have a sweet disposition? Does he walk like a man? I would really like more of that breakdown, please. (laughs) What is walking like a man? All right. (laughs) Number eight. (laughs) Date someone. That whole paragraph is just so problematic. I... It's not that, oh, I don't have the time to get into it, like, it would be endless, so. <laughs> and I can't even think, I can't even think of which to address there. Date someone who helps you uphold your convictions. Oof, I, I've experienced this one. If you're dating a person who tries to make you lower your standards for any reason whatsoever, drop that person like a rattlesnake. <laughs> Why were you holding a rattlesnake? <laughs> what kind of Pentecostal church were you at? No, no offense to my Pentecostals out there. Yes, that takes. <laughs> I just, Sorry. <laughs> I understand the reference here, but there's got to be a better way to word that, right? <laughs> drop a rattlesnake. Again, why did you pick up the rattlesnake? <laughs> I think it's the whiskey. I don't know, but that sounds hilarious to me. Like, drop the rattlesnake. <laughs> why are you holding your rattlesnake? Yes, that takes unusual courage. No, it doesn't. If you have a rattlesnake, snake, please drop it. It doesn't take a lot of courage. Let it go. But you will thank me 10,000 times over if you will trust me on this point. Number nine, date someone you would want your children to copy. My wife is the model I promote to my daughter. I want Jacqueline to grow up to be exactly like her mother. <laughs> oh boy, I hope she didn't. She probably did. Children are hero worshipers. No, they're not, Jack. Not unless you teach them to. Not unless you make them be that way. Not unless you condition them to be. No, they're not. They're not. That is bullshit. That is man worship. I hate this shit. Yes, your children will love you and and they will uh, fawn over you like you're their parent. They'll love you no matter what. Correct. But no, they're not hero worshipers. I hate that he's putting that out there. And during the highly formative early years of life, mom and dad are the primary role models. True, unless they watch a lot of Peppa Pig and then Daddy Pig and Mommy Pig are, but whatever. Right now, I am my son's hero. That was true. Poor Kenny. He calls me his buddy and his hero. Recently, he said, Dad, you are the king of my life. If that was spoken to me by... Chloe. <laughs> I would be like, whoa, let's back that up, because it sounds cool, but that's not what I want for you. <clears throat> wow, did my wife ever think her son would be calling her boyfriend the king of his life when we were dating? Be sure the person you date is worthy to be called king by your children that you don't have yet. Your fictitious children. Okay, dating someone who won't insist that you forfeit your teenage and college age years in order to prove your love. Okay, break this down for me, Jack. Oh, he's got a whole, almost a whole page, so will break it down. I'm certainly not against you falling in love. They, yes, you are. <laughs> That's what this whole book is about. <laughs> in fact, I highly recommend marriage. Marriage and falling in love are not synonymous, Jack, My pr- which is what he just did. My prayer for you is that you will be as happily married as are my wife and I. Yes, they're perfect, okay, but he's in the federal penitentiary, and she's remarried. Moving on. However, don't rush into marriage simply because you think you have found the right one. Marriage is fantastic, but it won't be mature unless you both come to each other with the fullness that patient waiting can give you. Marriage is not the whole of your life. You're training for the work God has for you. Your final years with your parents, your high school friends, your early years of college, all of these are important. I don't disagree, but the right person right isn't going to keep you from enjoying that time in those moments the right person is going to enjoy them with you the right person is going to make those moments better again the toxicity that's spewing from Jack right now is you know if you're dating someone they're going to take away from that experience no they shouldn't in my opinion they should enhance that experience that wasn't my experience however that's what that's how it should go like the right person is going to enhance your your early college years your time with your family like all that the right person is going to be there for you and for them Brad and Heather are one of the most lovely couples I know. They were sweethearts from late junior high all the way through college. It was obvious they loved each other. It was also obvious they intended to table their wedding plans until after college, which they did. Do they have any regrets that they have had to wait so long? Absolutely not, was their answer. And they're full of shit. (laughs) If they really were pure all that time, which they weren't. Especially they were HB kids. You guys, come on. You know. I love my HB people, I'm just saying, you guys know. Eight months after I began to date Cindy, I asked her father if I could ask her to marry me. He said, if you and Cindy married this summer, you would have my blessing, and you would be getting a good wife. Well, that was exactly what I wanted, but, he continued, if you will wait one year longer, you will be, you will get a great wife. Jack Hiles, that's on you, <laughs> You didn't raise your kids. You weren't ever there. So, like, oh, you get a great wife. Why, because you're going to be home more to actually raise your kids? No, you're not going to get a great wife. Sorry. We waited the extra year. Of course you did. (laughs) Jack Hiles told you to. Do we have any regrets that we waited? Absolutely not. My wife and I, like, that's so defensive. Calm down. My wife and I were able to fully enjoy our teenage years and our college years before we entered marriage. By the way, I have a great wife. Not anymore. (laughs) No <laughs> sorry, that was too easy. Number eleven. Date only a born-again Christian. Unaqual yoked, here we go. Too many of us, this is too obvious. I only wish it were it were to the many dozens of couples I know who have shipwrecked their lives by violating this very commandment of Scripture. 2 Corinthians 6.14 pointedly states, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? A lot. You gotta have light to have darkness and vice versa. Come on Bible, get it together. Again, I personally know of couples who married when one or the other was not saved, the only thing they prove is that God is merciful and forgiving. <laughs> Again, there's always a way out. There's always an excuse. God. The Bible says, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God, Matthew 4, 7. Don't push God's kindness by disobeying his command to not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, 2 Corinthians six fourteen a God punished the nation of Israel more for marrying unbelievers than he did for any other sin. God sounds like not a nice guy. Um, I'm not saying that's your God or anyone else's God. That's just Jack's God. Julie was beautiful and had a vibrant... He just switches too fast to these personal illustrations. I can't keep up. Julie (coughs) excuse me, was beautiful and had a vibrant Christian testimony. She loved her parents and her church, but Julie fell in love with an unsaved boy and no amount of counsel or friendly advice could sway her from making plans to marry this guy. He sounds like a real bad character. Julie repeatedly said he'll get saved soon, and after we're married, he promises to attend my church. So goes the path of deceit and broken-heartedness. Oh, my goodness. The night before their wedding, Julie's fiancé was given a stag party for us by his unsaved buddies. He was still drunk at the wedding time. At the wedding time. No, he said wedding time. Time of the wedding would have been better. Who proved this? Um, And his best man had to physically hold him up while he slurred through his spouse. He had something. He had a good night. I don't know. Julie assured everyone that this would all change after the honeymoon. It didn't. It never does. Three years of marriage, two children, popped them out quick, and dozens of physical beatings. Later, Julie cries, I would rather die than live another day in this marriage. Again, this feels like another falsified story. I'd rather my children die than suffer through this hell on earth. Why didn't I listen to those warnings? Actually it sounds like a chick track, if you're being honest. I don't know. Why don't you, says Jack. Oh, he's getting all... He's just letting her know. Perhaps as you read this, you personally do not know what it means to be a born-again girl. Oh my God, is he? he's about to give the plan of salvation in a book called Dating with a Purpose. You could not be more off-topic, dude. I need another drink. I will read you the plan of salvation, but I need another drink first. To be born again, means to be born spiritually. You had a physical birth, but you need a spiritual birth, else you will die and go to hell forever. You ask, how can I be born again? How can I be born again spiritually? I'm channeling my Tom Segura. So I don't go to hell. Very simple. Read these four facts. They're in Curtis Huxton's tract. You are a sinner, for all have sinned and control the glory of God, Romans 3.23. Sinners deserve to go to hell. The wicked shall be turned into hell, Psalm 9.17. That's Old Testament, doesn't count, but whatever. Number three, Jesus Christ loves you, for Christ died for you, and rose from the dead for you. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5.8. I love that one. You must personally ask Jesus to save you from hell, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, Romans 10.13. I read through those slurred and quick because if you're watching this podcast, you have to have either heard them or repeated them at least one million times. How do you call upon the name of the Lord? Let me help you make this prayer your personal call to Jesus as you sincerely read it out loud. Dear Jesus, I'm about to read the sinner's prayer for the first time from Jack Scott on Not Your Mother's podcast. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Dear Jesus, I admit I am a sinner and that I deserve to go to hell. I believe you died for my sins. Right now, the best I know, I ask you to forgive me for my sins and save me and give me eternal life with you in heaven. Thank you for loving me and saving me. Amen. My sinner's prayer was better, but it's been a long time, and I really can't remember it. It was more succinct. more. more it was quick. Like, I was trying to get to the 45,000 form. If you just ask Jesus to save you, write to me and let me rejoice with you because I need the numbers. (laughs) But he does say rejoice with you. need the numbers with me, but we know. All right, number 12, date only a soul winner. Here we Once you get on the soul winning bus, like that's it. Like (laughs) we are leaving town. Telling people of the love of Christ is the greatest and most important work any person could do. And if I can take a moment, because I've taken several already, so bear with me. If you really believe this, and this is really your thing, and you really want to save people, you really don't want them to go to hell, I respect that. I don't have this... Now, if you're shoving gospel tracks in people's faces, that's not cool. Um, also, if you're leaving them at truck, truck stops, don't do that. I throw them away. You're wasting the paper. I don't go to a lot of truck stops, but when I You know what I mean. Okay. <laughs> All I'm getting at is this, is... this is a book about dating. Like, I'm not saying religion and spirituality don't have a place there, but just let it be about that. I, again, the reason, the reason I have so many issues or so many problems with how hard he pushes salvation and soul winning is because it wasn't about really helping people, right? We know this. It wasn't about helping people. It wasn't about people having a better life. It was about numbers. This is why he wants you to write him when you pray the prayer that he told you to pray. It wasn't about helping people, it was about numbers. If you're about helping people and that's your thing, more power to you. But this guy was not, and we know this now. Date someone who does the greatest work and the most important work. All right, we're almost done. Only one more left. Before we married, my wife had. Yep, okay, here's the numbers. What did I just say? <laughs> Before we married, my wife had personally won over 1,000 people to Christ. What a personal motivation that was to me. My girlfriend inspired me to want to tell others of Christ. That's what I call the right kind of person to date. How many would you say? She saved. Less than a thousand? Uh, Back of the line. (laughs) Number 13. Date someone who loves God, the Bible, and old-fashioned preaching. Our first date was to a youth revival. Of course it was. That sounds awful. As was our second. The very first thing my new bride and I did when we entered our hotel room on our honeymoon was to kneel by the sofa and read the Bible and pray. No, it was not. That is a lie. That is not true. There's no way to verify it, but that is not true. Man, come on. That is weird and gross. Don't date some backslidden person just because they have a pretty face or a handsome smile. By all means, please date the backslidden, handsome smile, pretty face people. Do it. Do it for yourself. Date someone who has a passion for Jesus, and that is the end of chapter five. You're welcome. (laughs) I it's been a long time since I've done one of these, and so I think I I definitely digressed. I don't think I know. I I digressed a lot, but this was definitely a longer chapter, um, and I definitely got more into the weeds than usual, I'll try to be more on track moving forward, but I've also been off the whiskey for a couple weeks, and so (laughs) having all of that at once made this episode take a little longer. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Again, for whatever reason, reading back through these things and understanding the gravity of what was said and the reality of the here and now and real life stuff, uh, kind of for me is validating. I hope it is for you as well. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you didn't, I don't blame you. This was a whole lot of bullshit that I read. (laughs) So if this is your introduction to Not Your Mother's Podcast, I would say I'm sorry, but it's the same old, I'm cursing, I'm drinking alcohol, and I'm talking about the independent fundamental Baptist movement. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Not Your Mother's Podcast.